I think we're live. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm Ryan Winthrop, and uh, as you can see, Dylan is not here tonight. He has work. So I'm going to do my best to recap the episode and talk through it with you all. I see that we already have some questions in the chat and some comments, so I can't wait to go through it with everybody. Um, and if you haven't been here before when I'm alone, this is kind of what we do where it's just obviously easier to bounce off of somebody else, but uh, we can just interact. You share your questions and comments. I'll go through it as I recap the episode and we'll go from there. But basically tonight, episode four, um, I'm curious what people think. That may have been my favorite episode of the season so far. And I say that because it felt like a, a classic episode of Survivor. And what I mean by that is we had two different challenges. So we had a separate reward and an immunity challenge like we used to have when there was less about advantages, less about idols and whatnot. It was you have a reward, you have an immunity, you have camp life, and someone gets voted out. It was a really cookie cutter formula that worked you know, really well for the show. And then we also had a tribe raid, which we'll go over. We haven't had a tribe raid in a long time. And I, I was so happy to see echoes of Sandra trashing the Morgan camp or Tony and Wu um, wrecking the, um, the other camp as well. So that was great to see. And then we had no advantages, no idols. It was all about alliances, shifting different priorities for people. And I thought it was a really good episode. And I think that's also good because I was talking with some friends and also Dylan and people were saying that the new era is good in some ways, but now it feels like things are kind of like a carbon copy of themselves. Like where we have like, you know, the beware stuff. And then we have the three tribes and the swapping. And it felt, feels like things are getting kind of samey. Um, but now we actually had some conflict. We actually had, I agree with uh, Kay Benia, we had some conflict. Um, it was a great episode for Vessi because they had lost the previous two challenges and then they won tonight, both of the challenges. So in a lot of ways, it felt like a classic episode of Survivor and it was great to see that. Um, but let's start with uh, the headline for tonight. Lindsay, Lindsay gets voted out four to one to one. I'm curious what people in the comments or people watching live think. I actually did not see this coming. I genuinely thought this was a classic misdirect. I thought for sure... This was like the last vote with NECA, that this was going to be a really easy vote and Gia was the easy target and they were going to try to throw us off the course. And no, it turns out that the misdirect was actually correct, that Lindsay was the one who was going home. And, you know, I guess I have to talk about, was this the right move for Coco? And I'm not sure if it was. I feel like... For the swing votes for Carla and James, even though Ryan voted out Lindsay to protect his alliance member Gio, and even though Cassidy went along with it, I, I really feel like this was maybe not the right move. I mean, Carla clearly seems like she's in the driver's seat so far. She has her beware idol. She was positioned well in the middle of this tribe. It seems like after tonight, people still trust her. She didn't burn any bridges like Jesse kind of burned uh, Dwight in their tribal council with Justine. So I think Carla still is in a good spot. I just wonder if it was the right move for this group. Only because Ryan and Gio were a very obvious pair. If you remember from the premiere, they did the uh, Savvier Sweat Challenge together. They were bonding over Papaya. They were Papaya Bandits or whatever it was. And I really feel like they were a really clear pair to the others and they were kind of on the outs and Carla had the girls. She had Lindsay and Cassidy locked in and they roped in James for a fourth. 
And all they had to do was just vote out Geo. I guess that Lindsay's paranoia really must have put a big seed of doubt in Carla and James' mind. Because I think in a game where we just saw Vessi go to two tribal councils, we just saw them vote out Justine because they wanted to keep loyalty in NECA over Justine's strength. And then they actually flipped and they said, okay, you know what? No, for the next vote, we're going to keep Noel over NECA because we want now strength over loyalty. And that's what the rules of survivors say that sometimes you should vote out the weak and then the strong. Um, but I do think that keeping somebody who's loyal to you, especially in a tribe like this is in a most important thing. You need to have loyalty, especially when you need to have numbers at the merge. But I guess in this case, it was less about loyalty and strength because Lindsay was loyal. It was more about stability. And I think that I've said, I've said this to Dylan in the past that you want people who are loyal, but you want people who are stable. You don't want loose cannons because if you're a rational survivor player and you essentially know that everybody's acting in their own best self-interest, people are going to make the most logical move for them for the most part. And if somebody is being a bit paranoid, if somebody is questioning you and you can't control that game piece, it becomes very difficult. I mean, we've seen this many times in the past where a player is voted out because their alliance members feel like, okay, I can't control them. I can't, I can't figure out where they're going or we, the, the rest of us are locked in, but this person is really throwing a wrench into things and we can't have them being paranoid, especially when we merge and then others will see that as a crack in our alliance. We, we can't have that because what if Coco gets to the merge? We saw this tonight, that red and yellow, Baca and Vessi, we're teaming up together in the challenge to go after Coco. And all it takes is for red and yellow at the merge to go together and say, okay, we're going to target Baca. I'm sorry. We're going to target Coco, the blue tribe. And all this tribe needs is for Lindsay to get paranoid and then say, okay, I'm going to flip on my blue tribe. And I'm going to go with Ellie and Sammy and them. So they probably realized if she's getting paranoid this early, and the other tribes are already working against us, it might be the right time to take her out before this causes problems down the road. Geo might be power hungry, but Geo at least isn't questioning us. Like Geo, Geo wanted to vote for Cassidy, and that's what Geo did. It was a four to one to one vote where Lindsay voted for Geo, Geo voted for Cassidy because he doesn't get along with Cassidy. And Carla, James, Ryan, and Cassidy all voted for Lindsay. So right there in that vote, that just told them what they needed to know. They found out, okay, Geo said he'll vote for Cassidy, and he did it because he didn't like her. So we know where his head's at. And Lindsay, we don't know where her head's at. So I think she's a person we have to take out. As we go through the podcast, I'm curious if people think that if this was the right move for Carla and James or if it, it was the wrong move. Okay, Benia says, is it bad that I didn't care who went home except for Ryan? It, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting point. I mean, I think this is a really chaotic tribe because they haven't gone to tribal council yet. Maybe because he's my namesake. I like Ryan as well. I like Carla a lot. I think James could be pretty fun. So I like a lot of people in this tribe. Um, I feel bad for Lindsay, though, because we didn't really get to know Lindsay a lot. We saw, I think, one flashback or one backstory from her but we didn't get too much else. So it's not, so I, I do feel bad because I didn't know her as well as others. So it's not as big of a loss to me, but I think she clearly had potential. I mean, she said that she's a physical, social, strategic threat. So 
maybe she could have done more damage in this game. But I think, again, that's why this episode was so good because we got fooled. And I, and I would rather be fooled and be wrong than know what's happening and be right. Because like last week with NECA, I felt like it was super obvious. Like NECA's going to go home and that's what happened. And I felt like last episode was kind of dull. Tonight, I was so sure Gio was gone. And the fact that it didn't happen makes me even more excited because we were blindsided. We love getting bamboozled. Um, so I think what we'll do now is we will go recap the episode from the top and then I, I will go through some of the questions as well. Um, Ohio State fan says, today was the first time of the season I could watch the episode live. Good episode so far. I think the immunity challenges are all decided before the casting process is finished for a season. Yeah, I've seen people talk about this before where like, do they swap challenges based on players? You know, because Noel um, only has one leg, do they switch things around? I genuinely think that the Dream Team or CBS makes these challenges, sets it up prior to, they don't flip things around to fit a certain narrative. I really think they just stick with the format and then whatever happens in the challenges happens. I don't think they change things based on the casting process, but I do think that it was, it was a good episode as well, Ohio State. So let's talk about the uh, start of the episode. Um, basically after Tribal Council, nothing really happened here. The foursome of, you know, Jesse, Dwight, uh, Cody and Noel were like, okay, we're, we're sick of losing. We're not a good tribe. We got to kind of pick it up here and then more challenges. And nothing really happened of consequence. Only thing was a funny confessional by Cody, uh, where Cody was like, you know, this feels like, you know, your your girlfriend's with the pizza guy and your roommate drank all the beer. Again, Cody is just a very, very interesting character. I mean, I mean, some people were saying he's, you know, one of the kookiest or craziest sense coach. And I feel like we've had a lot of kooky and crazy characters like Coach and Debbie. We've had a lot of great, interesting characters slash villains like Angelina or Natalie. So I don't know where Cody falls on this list yet. Only four episodes in, but Cody is just out there. I mean, Dylan said last season, uh, two seasons ago, that Brad was like an electric factory. And I guess Cody's kind of like that as well, where he just really has energy and he's kind of on his own planet sometimes. And people are like, what did Dwight say? Dwight was like, we're sending a kid to school or we're sending a kid off and he has no supervision. And they're like, oh my God, what did we just do? But no, Cody, I, I, again, I think this is a good cast again. I think this cast has a lot of interesting characters, a lot of interesting players. And I feel like you can, it's kind of like a Venn diagram. You can have great characters and great players, but they can also intersect. You can have great characters who are also strong players of the game. And those are the best kind of players. And then we go over to Baca, the Yellow Tribe. And <laughs> once again, Gabler is just rubbing the tribe the wrong way. Gabler, I, I see some people on Twitter saying, you know, Gabler has like a 0% chance to win. I feel like after 41 and 42, we can no longer say people don't have a chance to win. Anybody at this point can win, especially after episode four. Once we get to the final tribal council, or once we get to the finale, yes, we can figure out who's drawing dead. Like we, like we can figure out like, hey, Jonathan is probably not going to get the respect of the jury or Xander's not going to get the respect of the jury. So we don't know yet if Gabler would win a jury vote, but what the show is demonstrating right now is that Gabler can win a jury vote. Gabler, I almost feel bad. He's he's rubbing people the wrong way. He um, is putting palm fronds on them at night. And instead of them thanking him for it, they're like, 
what the hell is this? Get, get this off me. I don't want this palm frond on me. Uh, what is Gabler doing? He's so annoying. I mean, during the challenge, they kept snapping at him. Owen and Sammy were like, you need to shut up. Thank you, professor. We got it. Like they were really ragging on Gabler. And it's a good thing going back to last week that um, Gabler has his idol. That's good for one more tribal council. Because if he doesn't, if he didn't have that, he would be so gone. And we'll see if the yellow tribe loses again, because Ellie still thinks that she can trick him into not using it or what or whatever. But Gabler will be safe at their next tribal council if they do go to it. But if he didn't have that, he'd be gone. I mean, I, I haven't seen someone like this rub people the wrong way in a while where he, everybody just does not seem to get along with Gabler. And then the next morning, Ellie and Gabler get into an argument about the fire. And these former allies who bonded over metal music are targeting each other. And I got to say, I'm curious what, what people think about Ellie as well, because I feel like Ellie was in such a good spot at the first two episodes. I, I really felt like Ellie was, put her, she put herself in the middle. The girls were with her. Even though she took out Mariah, she had Janine locked up. She bonded with Gabler. Uh, she was close with Sammy and Owen. She called Owen one of her children in a way. She was kind of well insulated in the tribe. And then ever since last episode, when she's been wanting to kind of sniff out Gabler's idol and she got Janine to check his bag and then she rubs Sammy the wrong way because she said to Sammy, no, Janine, um, like you can't do it. I'll do it because I'm closer with him. I feel like this is where Ellie's starting to play sloppy because as you guys know, I always say you can't necessarily play too hard. You just can't play too sloppy. Like you shouldn't be waiting for the game to come to you. You need to go play the game. And you can't just wait for alliances. You need to make the alliances, make sure you are well positioned in the group. Whether whether or not you're in the middle, whether or not you are in the majority, you need to position yourself well. And Ellie did that. But now I think she's overplaying her hand. And now she's getting into conflicts with Gabler. She obviously pissed off Sammy because Sammy went and told Gabler that they searched his bag. And Owen was a witness. Now, Owen, if he want, Owen's in the middle now. Owen took over Ellie's spot. If Owen wants to flip with the guys and take out Ellie and Janine, or even take out Janine as a way to weaken Ellie, Ellie's put herself in that position. So again, like Kay Bonilla says, the yellow team keeps winning. They haven't lost since the first challenge where they lost Mariah. But I mean, whether or not they lose again, or whether this is early merge, I don't know if Ellie is in as good of a spot as we thought. Now, it's still early. Ellie could still win, but I feel like she maybe peaked too early. Uh, Ohio State says Ellie is getting a bit too confident and under underestimating others. I think Ellie will make the merge, but won't go to the end. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, if you told me right now Ellie is a pre-merge, sorry, is a early merge boot, like 11th, 10th, 9th place, that makes perfect sense to me. She's going to go in that spot where it's like, okay, maybe Shan, the Shan spot, or maybe she goes in the uh, in the uh, the high spot. Like that, that makes a lot of sense to me for sure. Um, because you can't underestimate others and you can't treat people like they're dumb. You need to make sure that you're treating people with respect and saying to them, okay, I see that you are a rational player. I'm going to think about you rationally. And I think Ellie was really getting annoyed by Gabler. And I think she's, she's letting that overcloud some of the moves that she's making. But then we get to the reward challenge and we have the floor is lava. <laughs> we have... Basically, you have to knock over the blocks and then use those blocks to walk across the sand 
and then your tribe mates have to land sandbags on these platforms. And we've seen this before a couple times. We saw this, I think, in Nicaragua, and I think we saw this in, in, in Worlds Apart where you have to go over the sand, you can't touch the floor, like a classic game you would play in gym class. I think this looks a lot of fun. I mean, I think all the challenges look fun, but I would have, I would have loved to have done this challenge. Uh, and the reward, which is interesting, is you get 10 fish and a camp raid. So kind of like old school survivor, you get to go to a camp and steal something from that tribe without any consequence. And again, I said this before, we saw this in Pearl Islands where Sandra took something from uh, the other tribe. We saw this in Kakiyan. A camp raid is a lot of fun. It, it, it provides a lot of different interesting pieces. It allows cross-tribe interaction, which is one of my favorite things to see cross-tribal bonds and or frictions happen before the merge. And it also allows for some strategic decisions and also allows for some foreshadowing as well. Um, so I thought this was really cool. But yeah, Vessi really dominated that reward challenge. I mean, they they lose NECA and all of a sudden they win two in a row. I'm not saying it's a coincidence, but this tribe clearly seems to be firing on all cylinders now. They seem to be doing really well on the puzzle element and the physical element. And listen, sometimes we say the intentional Matt Singh is a good thing. Sometimes it's good to lose one or two challenges. I'm not saying you should throw it, but that's what the intentional Matt Singh is. And having those tribal council experiences prepares you for later in the game. So I'm not saying you should be Matt Singh and get knocked down to two people, because I think that's kind of dangerous in some ways. But if you can go to one or two tribal councils and then start picking it up and winning, that might be a really good thing for you. So it would not surprise me if this Vessi group really goes far in this game because even though the yellow tribe baka even though they lost early they haven't lost since and now we see ellie starting to play sloppy and then on coco the blue tribe what happened they didn't lose one challenge until tonight they then lose two Lindsay gets paranoid and then she goes home so i do think that being at tribal council at least in the pre-merge once or twice does help you out but Vessi does win this challenge and they decide to trade the reward. This didn't have a huge impact on the show, but it was interesting how they're struggling to have food. So for early and quick sustenance, they take the fruit, which maybe helped them win the immunity challenge and a toolkit, and they gave up their fish because they had no way to cook the fish, which was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, Cody was a big player in this episode. If not for Carla and Lindsay who went home, I mean, Cody was really on the forefront of this episode for sure. Um, but now we go back to each of the camps and we get a little montage. We see each of the camps talk about the decision, like what will what will uh, the Red Tribe do? Who will they take from? We have uh, bigger fishing kits, but the Blue Tribe has more people and we need to weaken the Blue Tribe because they haven't felt like what it means to lose yet. So who do we go with? And then on the Red Tribe, they're like, well, who do we send? We'll send Cody. Oh, but Cody's a wild card. And then they're talking about, do we hit them hard? Are we diplomatic? How should we approach this? And they really keep you in suspense because they, they're they like, all right, what, what camp is he going to? And you don't know up until the boat pulls up. So I thought this was a pretty cool montage where each tribe was talking about the ramifications of this uh, episode or the ramifications of this uh, decision. And yeah, I said this earlier, uh, Kevinia, I said this, uh, that there was no flashbacks this week. So this really felt like a classic episode of Survivor in a lot of ways. But 
we see Cody on the horizon and he approaches Coco. So even though the yellow tribe had the bigger fishing uh, gear because they've won some of the uh, challenges by coming in first place, because second place gets immunity, but a slightly smaller reward, it seemed like they wanted to weaken Coco a bit. Um, not sure if that was the right decision or not, but clearly it had a big part of the episode storyline because then we see in the immunity challenge, red and yellow team up against blue. So these two tribes must have really been annoyed that blue hadn't lost yet and they were making sure that it stuck to them. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that that's why they really wanted to go after blue. But we get a really interesting segment here where Cody, he puts on his salesman's hat. He takes off the idol hat and he puts on his salesman's cap. And it's really hypocritical. You know, Cody goes after J Justine because she's a salesperson, even though he's a salesperson because salespeople are scary. And then what does Cody do? He puts the blinders on them and he goes full out sales on Coco. So they kind of tease us up here because we see the Red Tribe say, okay, well, should we go after the machete? Because we need the machete and we need to make sure that we can make a fire and that will weaken Coco a lot. But is that really, really harsh? And Cody goes up to them and says, okay, yeah, I want your machete. And everyone's like, ooh, we don't want to give up the machete. That's that's a big part of our camp life and how we survive. We need that. So they're like, all right, can we negotiate with you? We don't want to give up the machete. So Cody's like, all right, let me see what you got. Let me see what you got. I, I can't do a good Cody impression. But um, Cody then says, all right, well, how about I take your fishing gear? It's not as big as Baca's, but I'll take that. Maybe I'll take some limes if you have some limes. And then I can't tell, I couldn't tell if that was like a food item or if that was something else related to food, but that giant staff or stick thing, he got three things. And as Cody leaves, they're like, well, crap, we, we gave up more than we thought. Like he can't probably got more than he expected coming in. And we see Cody and confessional say that he got them hook, line and sinker. He said to himself, I want them to think I want the machete, but I want the fishing gear and some other stuff. I want to take them for a bigger ride. And it seems like Cody once again, Got, Cody got a deal, deal or no deal, and he got what he wanted um, from Coco. But then we get to the immunity challenge, and basically this was a really interesting challenge because, well, the challenge itself wasn't that interesting, not to backtrack, but it was just really some sandbags, a rope ladder, and a puzzle, which we've seen a million times. But what was cool about it was the same four pieces had to be used to solve two different puzzles. You had to put these four pieces in a square. You then had to put them into a triangle. And I thought this was pretty cool, actually. This is why Peridium and other people say that if you can practice puzzles or if you can study some challenges before you go out there, that will help you out. Because essentially... They sometimes do new puzzles. You can't always predict the puzzles and you can't always practice the weird kooky fire shaped ones. But if it's like a square or a triangle, or if it's like the logo, if you can practice it, you should do it. Or if you can find out a way to hack the challenge, like in Peridium's video, he has a lot of challenge hack videos. That's what you should study because that will really help your tribe. And then in the individual portion, it'll really help you because 
if you had this puzzle before, kind of like how Spencer practiced the puzzle in Second Chance, if you knew how this went together, you could put together the square in seconds and the triangle. It's a four-piece puzzle. Jeff always says, it takes a while to figure it out, but once you get it, you'll be done in a second. So if you knew how to arrange the pieces, that's where you can win. And it also was interesting because I was thinking to myself at first, well, like why doesn't the, um, why doesn't the yellow tribe, they finish first, practice the triangle while they're at the bottom? So why, why not practice before you lug it up the rope ladder? And then I realized you don't have time to practice because the other tribes are gonna copy your square or they'll see your triangle strategy and they will beat you in the end of it. So that's why they couldn't really practice the triangle. But Baca gets up the ladder first, followed by Vessi and then Coco. And it looks like Coco is making some headway, but then they get stuck. And then Noel and the Red Tribe say, you know what, we're going to help out the Yellow Tribe. So they turn to Baca and they say, okay, put this piece here. And they help him. And J J James's face, James was just like, what? They're helping them? They, they can't help them. And, you know, my, my, my uh, friend, my sister was texting me and she was like, can they help each other? And I'm like, if Jeff doesn't say it, you can do it. I mean, unless Jeff tells you there is no helping, there is no cheating, you have free reign to do whatever you want. So the yellow tribe and red tribe clearly felt that blue has to lose their first challenge tonight. So we send Coco to their first tribal council. And I got to say, I'm not sure if everybody was paying attention on commercials. I was watching on Paramount Plus. I feel like in hindsight, Jeff kind of spoiled what was going to happen tonight. Did anybody else in the comments catch when Jeff was like in commercial break? He said, tonight's tribal council is brutal. That wasn't just me, right? I, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff definitely said, tonight's tribal council is a brutal one. Check it out. Stay tuned. And I'm like... Well, then it can't be obvious, but I kind of put it to the back of my head like Jeff's trying to fake us out. Or maybe it's a repeat commercial for all the episodes. But it seems like tonight's Tribal Council was pretty brutal. Yeah, Ohio State caught that too. That Lindsay's blind side was pretty brutal and shocking. And yeah, maybe he meant different things by brutal. Maybe it's brutal to the person. Like, I mean, it, Lindsay was crying after she got voted out. But if Gio was crying, Jeff also could have said it was brutal. I guess you can interpret it different ways. But in hindsight, we kind of knew it wasn't going to be super simple. But we get back to camp, and this is where we see the pieces start to shift. So the guys, Gio, Ryan, and James, seem like they're going to go after Cassidy because Gio and Cassidy don't get along. And I was saying to myself, we haven't seen this. We don't see any blue tribe for the first three weeks. They don't go to tribal council other than the early strategy segments with the girls and James versus Ryan and Gio, and then Carla's advantage last week, we really haven't seen this tribe and their dynamics in depth. Exactly. We were not emotionally invested in this blue tribe yet. So I'm like, they don't get along. When did this happen? And then they show us a segment where they're arguing over the coconut. They're arguing over cutting something. And Cassidy's like, well, then you can do it. And Gio's like, well, I'm just trying to help you out. And you're being all standoffish. And then Cassidy's like, no, we're going to go after Gio tonight. So it seems like a really simple um, two-variable plan. Basically like a two-variable tribal council, which we see all the, all the time, which is basically is it A or B? Is it Gio or is it Cassidy? And it seems like so far it's a slam dunk. It seems like 
the tribe is on board to get Geo, except for Ryan, because Ryan and Geo are number ones for each other. They're locked in. The girls and James are going to go after Geo. And I thought this was super obvious. I thought this whole Lindsay segment coming up was a, was a big misdirect. I did not think that this was going to flip back on her. But then we see Lindsay get paranoid. We see her questioning the plan. We see her going to James and going to Carla and saying, can I trust you? Or are we still voting Geo? And they're like, yeah, we're voting Geo. Like, there's no reason to stress. And she's like, well, you know, it's it seems really obvious. And we still have a lot of time before tribal council. And it's never this easy in Survivor, so I don't get why. And she was getting really paranoid. And they, Carla and James were like, listen, we're the swing votes. We could vote out Lindsay. We could vote out Geo. I mean, Cassidy and Lindsay seem close. And Cassidy still seems like she wants to vote out Geo because they don't get along. So it still feels like it's going to be Geo, but Carla and James are like, we have the power to swing tonight. Do we want to go with someone in Geo who, yeah, he's being paranoid and I'm sorry, Geo is kind of being cocky. He thinks he's running things, but he seems pretty simple in terms of wanting Cassidy out. Whereas Lindsay's our girl, but she's being really paranoid and we, we can't have this instability going forward. Um, and then we get to tribal council and they're talking about, you know, how confident do you feel? How good is this tribe so far? How's everything going? The one interesting thing that happened before the vote, which again, I thought was part of the misdirect, was when Lindsay and Ryan kind of get into a little thing where Lindsay's like basically subtweeting Ryan when she's, when she's like, well, Jeff, some people didn't talk to me. And then Jeff's like, oh. Who didn't talk to you? What happened? And then Ryan's like, I, I guess I didn't talk to her. I didn't feel the need to check in. I'm, I, I guess we're good. And Lindsay's like, mm, yeah, I, I didn't feel the love. I didn't feel you checking in. And then Ryan's like, all right, fair. So again, I thought that was a misdirect, but clearly that just maybe, and again, I would be really curious to know from Lindsay's perspective uh, from the exit interviews tomorrow as well as whenever we hear Carla and James in their interviews, whenever they get voted out or if they win, we don't know. But I'd be really curious to find out what, how was it, was this, was this a slam dunk? Was it decided before they got to tribal? Did they flip on in the moment? They probably didn't though, because if there was no whispering and thank God for no whispering or getting out of your seats, they probably decided before they went in, yeah, Lindsay's the plan. But I'm wondering if this little moment further cemented like, okay, yeah, no, Lindsay's got to go. Like maybe if Geo started getting a bit bold, maybe they would have flipped it then. But this moment just felt like they were making the right choice for them. They, they felt like we, we, we can't have Lindsay constantly questioning us. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I, I, I would need to go back and think about, I, I, I would need to go back and think about old school survivor moments when this happened. But recently we saw this in Winners at War. We saw Danny... If you guys remember when the old schoolers like Danny and Parvati and Rob and Ethan, like they had a solid group. The Blue Tribe, I, I, for, for some reason, I can't remember. I'm really good at tribe names. Like I probably can name a lot of the tribe names of most seasons. But for some reason, Winners at War, it's Red and Blue. I could not tell you which one was which. But I know the Blue Tribe had, you know, Parvati and Rob and Natalie and Adam and um, Denise and all them. But basically, we see where they get rid of Natalie to weaken Jeremy. And the old schoolers like Parvati and Rob are running the show with Ethan. And they have Danny. And then all of a sudden, Danny Boatwright gets super paranoid. 
She's like, I can't trust Parvati. I want to, I want to write Parvati's name down. Uh, you know, I, I may have said Rob's name and Rob forgave her. If you remember at first, Rob, Boston Rob was like, I'll forgive her. It happens. You know, she gets paranoid, but I want to work with her. And then she does it again. And then she's like, I think Parv should go. And Rob's like, you're getting too out of hand here. You, you have to go. I really feel like this. Yeah. I, I really feel like this is kind of similar to Sele. Thank you. I think it was Sele and Dara, something like that. Um, something with the, I don't, I don't even know, <laughs> but um, basically it felt like the Danny Bo came out of nowhere. Cause like the old schoolers had the numbers. They had Adam dead to rights if they wanted him to, to go out. Uh, and they really were like, Danny Boatwright's got to go because she's getting really paranoid. And I felt like this came out of nowhere. And I feel like the difference between those two instances, though, is that that happens in episode three, but the Blue Tribe had already gone to tribal council. So they had already experienced it and they're all former winners. So that was that was super out of the blue for Danny because Danny already played this game. So she should know as a winner, keeping paranoia in check. And yeah, and Romeo and Dakal, thank you, uh, Sally and Dakal. And Romeo was paranoid last season as well, as Kevin had mentioned. But I mean, that that was weird by itself because you know they had gone to tribal council before, and Danny's a winner. In the case of this, this came out of nowhere, but I can almost understand it because I feel like in Survivor, when you don't go to tribal council, when you don't have the experience of voting somebody out and manipulating people, your mind starts to race. You get a bit anxious you get a bit hasty to play you really start to say to yourself "Ooh, i can make moves and you know i'm kind of itching to get playing i'm kind of restless and i really feel like maybe lindsay would have been safe if this tribe had lost one of the first three tribal councils maybe geo would have went then or maybe they would have voted out ryan um but i i i really feel like that i just really feel like lindsay thought it was too easy. She said she was a, a, a triple threat in this game. And, and I guess in her mind, they were they made the right move to get her out because she would have won the whole thing in her mind. But again, this is why paranoia is such an interesting thing because you don't want to get too paranoid, clearly, as we saw tonight. Having said that, you don't want to be super calm because how often do we see people say, I'm running the show, everything's fine. I'm not worried. And they get completely blindsided. You need to have some level of paranoia. I think coach said this or someone once said like fear keeps you sharp. Um, like you need to have some sort of fear or some sort of paranoia, but you need to be able to keep it in check and say, okay, let me, let me weigh the options and then I'm good. Because if you, if you let it get too strong, you're going to get yourself voted out. And if you don't have any paranoia, you're going to be resting on your laurels and you'll get blindsided. So I did think it was a pretty interesting decision, but I thought it was a great episode. And I, and I think a lot of people so far on Twitter and in the comments are saying it was a, um, what's it called? Did Dominic said that? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I really feel like this was a great episode for a lot of these reasons why it felt classic and we were all blindsided in some way. But that's all I have for the episode recap. Um, we're about 35 minutes in. Since it's just me, I'll go through the questions pretty quickly. If you have any other comments or questions, put them in the uh, comments and I will get to them. 
And then once we're out of comments or questions, I'll wrap it up. A uh, quick programming note, there's a chance that Dylan and or I might record tomorrow night to get his thoughts, but we're not sure yet. Depends on his work schedule. If we don't record tomorrow, then we'll be, we'll be back at our normal time next week after the episode. Dylan might have work, but uh, we will either be recording Wednesday, either myself or with Jordan again, like last week, or we'll do another episode recap on a Thursday night. So just keep tuned to our Twitter as always, and we'll let you know when we're going to record. Uh, Brooke, Brooke Hart's PSU. Hey, Brooke. Nice PSU. PSU. Um, do you know if they chose immunity challenges before the contestants are cast? It occurred to me today that in 41, they did an immunity challenge where feet were the prod or the prompt or they were the main focus. Okay, so this is interesting because I think we're also referring to Noel in this case where could Noel have done that challenge? So... I was saying this to somebody's comments earlier. Oh, sorry. I missed your second comment where the feet were the predominant tool used to win the challenge. Yeah. So I feel like you could argue they make the challenges before the cast is picked. Um, and maybe if something happens, they'll change something last minute. I don't think they would ever change anything on the fly to help somebody, or they would never change something on the fly if they thought something was going to be boring in this situation. It's certainly possible that they maybe they had the feet challenge and then they said, you know what? We did that two times in a row. We're not going to do it again. They could have said because Noel's here that we're not going to do it. Um, because I think it would have been unfair if they had the challenge and she was unable to compete. That would have been that would, that would have been a really bad look. So I would say they would either choose the challenges before people were cast, or they maybe got the cast, they put out the challenges in the order, and they said, you know what? We did this one last season. This is not fair to Noel. Let's swap it out. Uh, Ohio State says, wow, what an episode in Tribal. I was thinking a male would get voted out. Does anyone know the last Survivor season where the first four vote-offs were someone of the same gender? So this is a really good question because I'm surprised to see that we have four females voted out in a row. Um, we didn't see, we haven't seen this really yet in the new era. In the new era, it's been a bit more balanced in that regard, honestly. I think even last season, I mean, last season was, la I mean, last season was pretty even to the T. Last season, we each tribe lost twice and we lost, I think, three females in um, Mariah, Jenny, and Swathi. And then we lost three guys in Jackson, um, Zach, and Daniel. So last season was pretty even. And even in 41, it was actually weighted more in the female favor. Because even though we lost Sarah and Jeannie, we lost like Brad and we lost JD and Abraham and Boche. So it's been a while since the first four vote-offs were all female. In Winners at War, it was, I think, Natalie and then Amber and then Danny. So it was three girls in a row and then Ethan got voted out. So that was that. I would need to go back Ohio State. I would need to go back and look to see when that last happened or if it's happened at all, because I don't think we expected it. Um, I thought for sure, again, Gio was gone tonight. So that's where, oh, there we go. He's faster than me on this podcast. Um, Ohio, State, Ohio State says it was back in Panama. Wow. Back in season 12, where the first four were female. So if I remember correctly with my knowledge, I think we lost Tina, Timbertina first. Then I think it was um, Melinda, 
Then it was Misty and then Ruth Marie. I think those were the first four voted out. So, wow, it's been, it's been 30 seasons since the first four out were female. We have another question here from or comment from Kavania that Lindsay was too paranoid too early. 20 years of waiting does to you. I mean, listen, you wait to play this game for a long time. You audition 5, 10, 20 times. You have to wait due to COVID. If you're itching to play, you uh, – you're going to come out playing hard and you can't play sloppy. I thought Gia was going to go home too. Yep. Why do you think Lindsay became so paranoid? There are always, um, there are always ups and downs during the day when people talk and strategize. Uh, I mean, it could be due to a couple of different things. I mean, she could just be a player who, likes to question things. So that, that could just be her style. And she took it too far by questioning her Alliance members and that paranoia really bothered them. It could just be that they didn't lose yet. And the fact that they won three challenges in a row and now they've been itching to play it's day. What at this point, day like nine day 10. So they're like, Oh, we got to vote somebody out. And now Lindsay's getting really paranoid. I just feel like, I mean, when she says that people are strategizing, and she's surprised that people are strategizing because if the plan's locked into place, why are they talking? I think a key part of the game is checking in and checking in with your alliance members to make sure that they're good, but don't, you can't check in too much. Again, it's a very fine balance in how you do all this, but I feel like you have to check in with your alliance members and with everyone else, do it like once or twice. You can't just say the plan is geo and then sit down for three hours. That's just not going to work in Survivor, especially in the modern day. So I think she just got paranoid by the lack of action. And then I think that that just led her to question everything. And then I think it just really started to spiral. Because we could probably point to the fact that it all happened due to this. I mean, we saw no hints at all in the first few episodes that Lindsay was in danger. We didn't see a lot of her. And we never once saw that she could be someone that gets voted out. So we thought for sure, like, okay, well, Gio and Ryan are a tight pair. They're on the outs. If Blue loses, one of them will go home. And it seems like this was the inciting incident where they're like, okay, well, she's getting too paranoid, so she's got to go. Carla is my winner pick, but I am never correct on winner picks. I mean, I feel like I've only gotten a winner pick right, like, like once or twice. Like, like, it's really hard in Survivor because you never know how a season will shake out and you can't always predict twists or advantages. But listen, so far, Carla's doing well. I, I would say Carla right now is probably positioned the best. She's probably playing the best. Uh, I think Jesse's great too. I've been saying for weeks, I think Jesse's a great player. I think last week, in hindsight, the wrong move to get rid of NECA because NECA would have stayed loyal. And also, Noel having the um, steal a vote could have really screwed up Cody and Jesse if Bessie lost tonight, unless Jesse flips on Cody. But I think Carla is still playing the best at the moment. I'll do a couple more questions and then we'll call it there for a night. Um, see what else do we have? So why is it that some women don't get good edits? Is it just me? Heather got a bad edit. I mean, listen, I think we have different like personas. I think we have different like populations or different like stereotypes of people on the show. And some people just get better edits than others. It's unfortunate. But I think Lindsay, I mean, the premiere, she had a pretty good edit. She had a pretty good confessional. I feel like Lindsay could have been like a Chrissy from Triple H. So 
you, you never know. I mean, sometimes they're edited the same way, but sometimes they're edited in a unique way. Uh, let's see, what else did we already talk about? We talked about Ellie earlier, uh, talked about the comparison to Romeo. Um, <clears throat> I think Bessie may avoid tribal council until the merge. I mean, this seems like a really strong group. I mean, Cody, Dwight, and Jesse all seem like they're pretty good at challenges, even though Jesse did mess up the puzzle last week with NECA, and Noel is a beast. I mean, we said this last week. Noel is just super impressive in all the challenges that she does. So Bessie may not lose again. Um, the question of the season so far. I mean, what does Cody do? Is I seriously don't know. I said this last week to Jordan. I really have no idea what it means to be an elevator salesperson. Are, are you trying to get an elevator into a new building? Are you trying to replace an elevator? Are you trying to um, swap out an elevator? I really would love to know from Cody, what does his job entail as an elevator salesman? Or maybe it's maybe it's even simpler. Maybe Cody is just in doing like installation where I'm, we're going to install new features and see if your elevator wants to get an upgrade or a facelift. I don't know. Lindsay was helping Owen, but not helping James. That might come back to hurt her. So, I mean, again, we we could obviously see some foreshadowing where we get to the merge and some of the people in the Blue Tribe like start to go after those who are helping others, possibly. Um, I really thought Lindsay was so paranoid that she was going to play her shot in the dark. So interestingly, and I think this is an interesting theory, we've seen no one play their shots in the dark yet like with 41. 41, it only happened once when Sydney did it at the merge. And the perception by the players there and the perception by the audience at home, because again, for season 43, they saw, um, what's it called? They saw season 41 in full. They only saw half, four, half of 42, so they don't know that Marianne won, but they saw all of 41 and they probably saw, oh, Sydney could have maybe stayed if she played her shot in the dark or didn't play her shot in the dark, so I'm not going to risk it. So I think that's why you can compare 41 and 43 and you might be able to realize, oh, wait, maybe that's why no one's playing it yet. Because it happened only once in 41. It happened like three or four times in 42. It was like it was Tori. It was like Mariah and Zach. So it hasn't happened here yet because I think they didn't want to screw themselves like it happened in 41. Cassidy saying to her, I wish it wasn't you is the worst thing you want to hear on the way out. I mean, that's got to hurt. Like where you, your ally is like, I'm sorry, I didn't want to do it, but I had to go with the group. It shouldn't have been you. Like that, that, that's got to hurt. I mean, but I, I mean, it hurts no matter what. I mean, last week they all were saying to Neka, we love you. You're like our mom. We're going to give you a hug. And, and if, you, if you get blindsided and people hate you, like that sucks too. I mean, no matter what, it always is so bad, but I guess it really must have hurt when she left in that regard. Um, okay. Last few questions, then we'll call it here. Who do you think is playing the best game from each of the tribes respectively thus far? So great question. I think Carla is the clear answer for blue because she has the idol. She did a great job at it and she's positioned really well. Uh, on the red tribe, I think it's, I still think Jesse's in a good spot because I think Dwight still wants to work with him, even though Dwight was burned by him. I still think Jesse's the best player on the Red Tribe. But again, maybe not. But I still think Jesse's playing a great game there, despite the decision. On the Yellow Tribe, 
I want to say either Sammy or Owen. Owen seems to be more in the middle now, but Sammy seems to have some pretty good game chops and Gabler really wants to work with him. So I would say either Sammy or Gabler. So Sammy slash Gabler for yellow, Jesse for red, and then Carla for uh, blue. Do you plan on watching some international seasons during the off season? Because Jeff has talked about an international versus season. Yeah, lightning. So I want to do that at some point. Um, things have been pretty busy. Um, but in the off season, especially if we do get word that we'll do a America versus South Africa versus Australia, I would love to watch some international seasons because they've been really highly rated by Shannon Gus and some others. And I would love to get that knowledge about who those players are, how those games work and how they differ or how they align. And I would really love to see more before we get that season. I've heard really good things. Last two questions from Ohio State. Who do you think is in the most danger for each of the three tribes at the next tribal council? So because I don't think we'll get a tribe swap, we didn't happen 41-42, doesn't seem like it's going to happen here. I would say if Red loses, it could be Jesse, which kind of contradicts my previous point that he's in the uh, best spot. But I, Cody, Jesse's a very self-interested player. If Jesse feels like he's going to go home because Noel has to steal a boat, he will flip on Cody in a heartbeat. Cody wouldn't do it to him, but I think Jesse would do it. And he might take out Cody with his own idol in his pockets. But I think Jesse is in the most danger right now, unless it's Cody. If Noel and Dwight stick together, then they're fine because Noel has a steal of votes. So I would say Cody or Jesse for red. For yellow, it can't be Gabler because he still can use his idol one more time. I think it might be Ellie. I think the guys would turn on Ellie. And then for blue... Again, this is why the Blue Tribe is so chaotic. I don't know who would go home on Blue next. I feel like Cassidy was left out of the vote. But if Geo still is getting kind of cocky, it could flip back on Geo. So I would say, again, Geo or Cassidy is in danger for Blue. I would say Jesse or Cody for red. And I would say Ellie for yellow. Unless it's Janine to weaken Ellie, possibly. Do you think we'll ever see a successful shot in the dark? I've been saying for a while I think it's going to happen, but... At this rate, if no one's going to play it, then maybe we, we never see it. And then last question for tonight is, how do you think they will tweak the awful twist during the merge? I have no idea, and I'm eager to see it. So I know this answer from interviews. So if you don't want to hear or you don't you want to be surprised, then you can tune out now, and we'll see you next week or when we record next. But I think what Jeff has said is that the hourglass is gone. The tribes will still have to earn the merge which means that the three tribes will be split into two teams like before. The winning tribe is safe at tribal and the losing tribe has to vote someone out amongst themselves and one of them will fight for immunity as well. That Yeah, so basically, it's basically the same twist as last time with no hourglass. So the losing tribe can't become safe. Like if it's, you know, Carla James, Gio, Ryan on one team and then it's like, Cassidy, Sammy, Elliot, Gabler on the other. The tribe or the team that loses cannot have an hourglass. They will be vulnerable. One of them will win immunity, and then they have to vote one of each other out along with the others. So it's basically everything from the last two seasons at the earn the merge with no hourglass, which is a lot better. It's a hell of a lot better. Um, I guess earn the merge, I'm okay with it. I don't love it. Don't hate it that much. But the hourglass was bad, and I'm glad it's gone. But anyway, that's all we have for you tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much, as always. Uh, whenever Dylan or I have to record by ourselves, it's never super easy having to talk to yourself.
always easier to talk with somebody else, but I really appreciate each of you hanging out and sharing your comments and questions. Um, thank you, Ohio State, Ohio State for the uh, feedback. And again, stay tuned to our Twitter because we'll be, be at, we'll be back either tomorrow night if Dylan is free, or we'll be back next week as always after episode five. But as always, uh, that's all we have for you. So grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.